This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Wow, you know what I love is seeing all these kids out there sitting with their moms. Even some of you big kids. I know it blesses a mama's heart for you to be with her at church. So bless all of you. Hey, our ushers are going to be in the aisles. If you did not get a handout for um, the message today, if you'll lift your hand up, um, they're going to give you one of these. You can take notes on it. And then on the back is something that we're going to do at the end of the service. So if you need one of these, just lift your hands up right now and our ushers will take care of you. Hey, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you out there. If you are a grandma, would you stand up? All of our grandmas in the house, bless you. We love you. If you are a mama, stand up. All our mamas, stand up. We love you moms. Good job. If you are a foster mom, would you please stand up? Any foster moms, any moms raising other people's children, we bless you. Amen. Y'all can be seated. There's a few more. If you do not stand up, because I know some of you, this may be more of a difficult day. If you've lost your mom, think about the good memories. If you've lost a child, I know it's a hard day. Think about the good memories. God still wants to bless mothers on this day. And hey, all you dads out there who's had, had to be moms at various times in your life, good job to you as well. Amen? God loves his daughters. He loves his daughters. So um, today what I'm going to speak about is called You Are Enough. And it seems like everywhere I go, I hear this same uh, vein, this same thinking in a lot of people that, am I enough? I hear moms say it a lot. Am I enough? as a mom for my kids? Am I doing enough? I even hear dad say it. I know that's a struggle for a man to be enough for his family. Am I a good enough husband? Am I a good enough dad? Sometimes we struggle even when we're young. Am I a good enough kid for my parents? And then we go to work and we're like, man, am I good enough at work? Am I doing enough? And a lot of times we feel inadequate for the things God has given to us. And then sometimes that carries over, that inadequacy into our relationship with God. And we think, am I good enough for God? Am I a good enough Christian? Am I doing enough for the Lord? And I'll just tell you right now to start with, we are never going to be enough without Christ. Amen. It is only through Christ that we are enough. Um, Insecurities, fears, and rejection They are all trying to fight our identity in Christ. That's the key thing is our identity in Christ. The enemy is continually lying to us that we're not enough. He's shooting those flaming arrows at us. You're not good enough. You're insignificant. Instead of believing his lies, we must always remind ourselves of the truth of what God's Word says about us. So let's look at what that truth is this morning. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go way back in the beginning when God first was forming the earth. And let's see how God thinks about his children. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 
Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. He was talking about the Trinity there, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when they decided to make humans, he said, let's make them like us. Let's make them in our image. Can you imagine that? That we are made in God's image. That's what the word says about us. One more scripture, Psalm chapter 139. This is a great chapter in Psalms if you need some encouragement. Psalm 139. And we're going to read verses 13 through 18. Verse 13 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. The NIV translation there of verse 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Going back to verse 15, it says, You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Man, we should use this scripture when there's the arguments about abortion, shouldn't we? Who is knitting this baby together? God. When does life begin? Do you think it just begins when that baby is born? No, God is saying, I'm giving you life. I knew you even in your mother's womb. He knows us. Let's keep going. Verse 16, you saw me before I was born. And we think 4D ultrasounds are cool. And we can kind of see that little baby's face and kind of see. I saw one the other day and it had the little feet. And it's so cute. But God saw us before we were born in our mother's womb. Every moment was laid out. Or excuse me, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Verse 17, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. If we ever wonder, is God thinking about me? Yes, Yes, he thinks about us all the time. He made us in our mother's womb. We are made in God's image, in his likeness. See, when you look at yourself then, and me, when we look at ourselves, and all we see are the flaws, we see, oh, I don't like this about myself. And I'm too wide in this part, and I don't maybe not have enough up here, and I need my feet are too big, and I wish my skin was lighter or my skin was darker. You know what? We're telling God you didn't do a good job. So let's just imagine that you're an artist. Let's imagine that you're going to go and paint this beautiful picture. So, man, you take your time, and there's a canvas, and you're you're painting and putting all these beautiful colors, and you just paint and paint and paint, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, that's beautiful. And you step back, and you're proud of that. And so you take that beautifully done picture, and you give it as a gift, and you say, here you go. And what if that person were to take that and they look at it and say, 
yeah, but I don't like that color that that is. And I don't like maybe that, that stroke there, that was a little too wide. I'd like that to be thinner right there. And maybe up here at the top, I'd like that to be a little bit different. How do you think you would feel if you were that artist? It would hurt your feelings. Well, imagine what God feels then. When we walk around and we say, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I can't do enough. I don't like how I look. I don't like the family I was born to. And God's saying, I've given you your life as a gift. He's painted this beautiful picture of our life. And if all we do is complain, again, that hurts the heart of God. He has formed us. He has made us. He's our creator of this beautiful life. And it breaks his heart when we criticize ourselves and think we're not enough. You know, in the day and age of social media, most people are getting their value and worth from looking at social media. And they look and they see, oh, wow, look what their husband gave them. Oh, wow. Look at how thin she is. Wow. Look at what they have. Look at the new car that they got. And we're looking into this as a mirror. Y'all know you can even use your phone as a mirror. I see girls do it to check their makeup. Literally, a lot of people, this is the mirror that they have for their life. But I will tell you, this should not be the mirror. This should be our mirror. This should be the mirror that we're looking to for our worth, that we look at it and we see, oh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm chosen. He's created me. We're looking into this mirror to see how we look and to see how our day is going to go. This is the mirror that we need to look in, church, the mirror of God's word. See, we cannot look to the world as our mirror. We have to look to the maker as our mirror. And his mirror, I will tell you, always says, you are enough. You are enough with Christ. That's what his mirror will always reflect back to us. See, God wants to see himself in you, reflecting when we look in a mirror, it's a reflection, and God wants to see himself in you. And the only way we do that is when we stay in this book right here, in this mirror. Let's turn to Revelation. So we've been in the first book of the Bible. Let's go all the way to the last book. Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 12. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. It says, He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, because y'all know that's the only way we overcome. It's not going to be in our own strength, in our own power, in our own mental abilities, but it's by believing in Jesus how we overcome. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will most certainly never be put out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God and my own new name. Can you imagine that? God has written his name on us. It said he stamped us. You know how sometimes you go and they'll stamp you? When we go out of the country, they stamp our passport. 
And sometimes we'll go to the post office and they'll stamp your letter. God has stamped us with his approval. He stamped us. And you know what his approval is? The name of God written on us. The name of God written on us. And if his name is on us, why would we disparage that name? If it says God on us, and why would we look at others and think they're not enough either? God's written his name on his church, on his believers, on his believers. He created us beautifully in his image, and his name is stamped on us. See, when we degrade ourselves and we talk negatively about ourselves, you know what we're doing? Remember, his name is on us. It's like we're taking that name and we're taking it in vain. Where does that come from? Remember, what does the third commandment of the Bible say? Let's go to Exodus and look that up. Exodus chapter 20. That's where the Ten Commandments are found. And we know we've quoted that. Many of you learned it back when you were little kids, maybe at VBS. And you know, don't take the Lord's name in vain. That's the third commandment. Well, let's look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 is where it's found. I'm going to read this from a translation called the Common English Bible, and it says, Do not use the Lord your God's name as if it were of no significance. The Lord won't forgive anyone who uses his name that way. But yet so many times we degrade ourselves. And we're using it of no significance when we act like we aren't significant, that God isn't big in us. It's like taking his name and saying, you don't matter. That name of God that's stamped on us, that's written on us, we're taking his name in vain when we degrade ourselves. And I will tell you, we need to repent. We need to repent for using God's name in vain toward us and toward others. So why do we feel this way? Why do we have these feelings of not being enough? How many of y'all have felt that way? Raise your hand. Be honest. If not, you are, you're really something if you've never felt like you're enough. Because I'll tell you, wherever I go, I was watching a TV program this week that had all these big-name pastor's wives on it. And there was a lady on there that I look up to. She, they have a big church in Los Angeles, and she, told, she was telling a story of something that had happened in their church. And she said, I began to question, am I even a pastor? Am I even doing anything for the kingdom? And it really struck me that, you know what, it doesn't matter. From the biggest job to the lowest job, whatever age we are, we're all dealing with these feelings of insecurity, of not being enough. So what does this come from? I think the first is from our past. We don't think we're enough because of our past. We feel disqualified from God's blessings because of what we have done or what was done to us in our past. Any of y'all make any bad decisions when you were young? I know uh, I was with my mom and my sister at a banquet yesterday in Friona, and uh, I was speaking, and uh, I was talking about, I was like, yeah, when I was a teenager, and I looked over at my mom. I was like, well, I probably shouldn't say all those stories because she doesn't even know them all. I had some, uh, some of my friends that really influenced me and uh, made some poor decisions. And I thank God that's not 
Who I am today is not based on that. Many of you were rejected, maybe abandoned by a parent, maybe abused by someone. That's not who you are today. Whatever happened in your past, that's in the past. And God is a redeemer, and he redeems us from our past. Amen? I have two quotes about the past. These are so good. Write these down. Fill in the blanks on these. Who you've been in your past cannot stop the promises of God in your future. Who you've been in the past cannot stop the promises of God in your future. So you can, you repent, you get, if that was your choice, you tell God, I'm sorry, and help me to make better decisions. That does not make any difference in your future. And the next one, your past is never too dark for the light of God's love. And that's where healing comes from, is from the light of God's love. No matter what your past says, no matter what has happened in your past, God wants you to feel like you are enough with Christ. The second area why we don't feel enough is our present. Our present. We don't have what we thought we would have, and we're not where we thought we would be. When we're young, sometimes we have, you know, these uh, grand illusions of what our life is going to look like. You know, I'm going to graduate from high school, and then I'm going to go to college, or I'm going to get this great job, and I'm going to make all this money, and I'm going to have, you know, all these cars and houses and um, people. I'm just going to be respected, and I have this wife and kids who adore me. And how many of you know it doesn't turn out like that sometimes? And sometimes we make decisions, and we, one decision in our life can take us on a path different than where we thought we'd be. Some of us choose that hard way. But you know what? There's always redemption. And God has given us the life that we have. Yes, our choices affect that, but it doesn't affect his love ever. What we have in our present should not hold us back. Don't let expectations hold you back. Well, I just wish I had this. This is the life that you've been given today. This is what you have today. And yes, we can take it and we can make more of it with God. But this is your life today. And sometimes we're like, God, you don't care. You don't see where I am. You don't see the struggles I'm having today. Don't you see, God? I'll just give you a little hint. We don't measure how much God cares by our circumstances. We measure how much he cares by the cross that Jesus hung on. Nothing else could have meant more to God than losing his son. He gave his son for us, and he died on the cross so that we could be free and we could have the life in our present that God wants us to have. So never think that God doesn't care, that he doesn't see you, that he doesn't know you. The third reason we feel inadequate is sometimes our future. Our future. We have fear of what the future will hold. Fear of what tomorrow's going to be. This is what anxiety is rooted in this fear of what if? What if this happens? Well, what if this doesn't happen? See, the enemy's always trying to use past, present, future, whatever it is. He's whispering those lies that we're inadequate. 
Here's a great scripture to overcome. Past, present, and future. Psalm 139 and verse 5. This is from the Passion Translation. It says, you've gone into my future to prepare the way. He's there in the future. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. If you've been harmed in your past, guess what? God's right there. He's right there to spare you from that harm. With your hand of love upon my life right now in your presence, okay, God is there, you impart a blessing to me. Jesus wants to be everything to you. He wants to be your enough. And I'll just tell you, until Jesus is enough for you, no person, no thing will ever be enough. He's got to come in and fill that big hole that we have in our hearts. See, when we acknowledge that we aren't enough and we let Jesus fill that gap, then we become enough. We all have a gap. We all have that God-sized hole in our heart. We can try to fill it with relationships. We can try to fill it with alcohol. We can try to fill it with partying. We can try to fill it with beauty. We can try to fill it with jobs, with all kinds of other things. But nothing fits in that hole in our soul but Jesus. And when he fills that gap in our life, then we become enough for anything else. We're enough then for the relationships that we have. We become enough for the life that he has for us to live. Another great scripture is in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. It says, but he answered me, my grace, this was, Paul was talking about, I don't know if I'm enough. I have these things that are going on. I feel weak. And you know what he got answered? He said, my grace is always more than enough for you. I love that. Not just enough, but more than enough for you, whatever you're going through. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Yeah, we have weaknesses. Every one of us have things that we're weak in. Don't look at people and think, man, they got it all together. They don't have any weaknesses. They do. You might not see them out here, but there's plenty of weaknesses in here. We all are broken human beings. We live in a fallen world, and we all have weaknesses. But I love that, that when we're weak, it allows God to express his grace so much more than when we walk around like, I got it all together. I don't need God. I got it all together. I got it figured out in my mind, in my philosophy. I've got this all figured out. Or I've got this figured out because I have money. Or I've got this figured out because I have these relationships in my life. No, God says in your weakness, that's where my grace is shown. In my weakness. 
So God, you are enough. I love that it says, my grace is more than enough for you. More than enough. Whatever you face, God's grace is more than enough. So how do we overcome these feelings of being inadequate? I think the first thing is we've got to recognize the lie. See, there are lies that come. I told you the enemy comes. Um, it says that he's shooting these fiery darts. It's like these thoughts come to us at different times. That you're not enough. You're stupid. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too dark. You're too poor. You're too far gone. He's always shooting lies, shooting lies, and shooting lies. You're insignificant. Nobody sees you. Nobody knows you. We've got to recognize that that is a lie from the enemy. That's the first thing is recognizing the lie. See, our feelings tell us a lot of things, but our feelings are not truth. Yes, we have our feelings, but we cannot let those feelings tell us what to do. And if you follow your feelings, let me just give you a little word of advice. You are going to have some regrets. I see it every day on social media. Someone with their feelings out there and they post their bad morning, their bad evening, whatever has happened to them. I looked uh, the other day, I needed to do a little research on something and I saw this girl, she went live and literally was blasting one of her children's teachers. Uh, literally, I was like, oh my gosh. I can't believe she's doing that. I felt so bad for her. We have got to not let our feelings be the truth in our lives. We've got to recognize that's the enemy. That is the enemy. That's the first thing is recognizing it. That's a lie from him and I'm not going to take it. That's step one. See, how many of you, a lot of times you may not voice it out of your mouth, but how many of you are having this inner turmoil? You have a, a movie reel playing in your mind of all the negative things, of all the bad things that people have done to you. And these voices that are always just, just telling you things. See, some of you, you don't need anybody else to beat you up because you're beating yourself up. We need to tell that negative committee that meets in our mind to sit down and shut up. We need to tell our feelings sometimes, no, you sit down and shut up. Okay. So we recognize the lie. And number two, we find the truth in the scriptures. So we know, okay, here's the lie. This is not what is. We must go to the scriptures and find the truth, the truth of what it says. Put Bible verses all around you to remind yourself of who he says you are. I love the, the song, get songs, play the songs. Um, who he says that we are. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am a child of God. And I love uh, kind of the trend right now in decor is to have scriptures written on, on paintings or on these boards or on iron that you can put on your walls. And every time you see that, you think that. In my hallway, I have one and it says, it is well with my soul. So if I have a day that I'm, I'm thinking, oh gosh, you know, that's, I'm having a hard day, I can look at that and think, no, it is well with my soul. I find the truth of the scriptures. And I'll just tell you, in our day and age, we have no excuse to not find truth in scriptures because 
we have such easy access to scriptures. You want me to tell you what we had to do in the old days before you had the Bible on your phone? Some of you older ones are going to know. If you were lucky, you had a Bible with a concordance. Most of the time before that, they had these big, hard books called a concordance, and you would have to go and open that book if you wanted to find a scripture about your worth and value, and you'd have to go and look through that concordance, and then you would go and look through your Bible. So, boy, we thought we were uptown when the concordance was in the back of our Bible. And I don't know if any of you have ever opened to the back of your Bible but I bet you have one there. Let me teach you. This is called a concordance. And you can go to it and you can look up. Okay, today I need some truth on healing. I need to know what God says about healing. And so I go and I look up, healing, healing, healing. And then I go and I find it. Okay, let me hold my place there and then let me flip over. See, we don't have any excuse because you know what we can do? We just flip our phones open to the Bible app, and there's a little question mark down there at the bottom. If you click on that, you can type in any word, any phrase, and it will bring up multiple scriptures. I I use it every day. We are so blessed as a society to have that. I will tell you, this summer, two different, if you were here the night that the Gideons were here, this was one thing I told them. There's an app that they have called Bible.is, and it is in multiple languages. When I was in Guatemala, there was a man from one of the villages, and he, they were translating, doing a triple translation. They were translating from English to Spanish and then Spanish to a Mayan language, a Mayan dialect. Because in, in a lot of those villages in the mountains, they don't even speak Spanish. It's kind of related, and they know a few of the words. So this pastor from way up in the mountains was talking to the pastor of that church and talking about how most of his people do not have access to a Bible in their language. So you know what I did? I got on that Bible.is and I looked up. I found their language. I found it. And it also had a verbal translation. I played it for him. And this man on my app began to read in this Mayan language. This pastor got tears in his eyes. We have no excuse, church, to not know the truth of the scriptures. They're right here. All we have to do is open it and get into it on a daily basis. We open our phones and get on social media. We turn on the TV and watch uh, news. We turn on Netflix and watch shows and spend hours. And yet we're like, I don't have time to read my Bible. Let's grow up. Let's think about what we're doing in our lives and prioritize what we need to do so we recognize the lie. Then we find the truth in the scriptures, who God says we are. If you're struggling with feeling like you're enough, here's a scripture you can write down. 1 John 3, chapter 1. It says, see how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children and that is what We are. You have a father that loves you, that cares about you. If you've struggled with father wounds, 
being abandoned by a father, not being treated like a father. You have a good father who loves you. He's there for you. He loves you so very much, and he cares about you. And the third thing, after you find that truth in the scriptures, you begin to speak that truth over yourself and over your loved ones. Speak it. There's something that happens when it comes out of our mouth. It goes from just reading it, just knowing it in our mind, to actually it comes out of our mouth. There is power in the spoken word. Don't you know that God did that? We read in Genesis 1. When he was forming the earth, what did he do? He didn't just sit back and think, "Mm, that would be a nice thing. No, it says, and then God said. He said, he breathed that out of his mouth. That breath of life came from his mouth. Mamas, you have such power to pray over your families and speak over them and call greatness out of them. Daddies can do this too. But mamas have power to do this. No one else knows your child like you do. I don't care if they live here. We have a son that lives in New York City. I don't care. God knows exactly where he is at every moment of his life. Whether I know if he's in Manhattan or Brooklyn or anywhere else, God knows exactly where he is. And my prayers can sustain him. I, I pray. Your prayers can, and you may think, I don't see anything happening. I see their social media and it looks like it's getting worse. Don't look at it then. You trust God and his truth in these scriptures and you speak. Thank you, Father. My son is a man of God. Thank you, Father. My daughter is making good decisions. Thank you, Father God. My husband has favor every day and he loves me like Christ loves the church. You find the truth and then you speak it out of your mouth. Speak that life. We're called to be life givers. We're called to nurture the people around us. God has always brought people into my life to nurture. Uh, Many of you, if you're a teacher, raise your hand up. Thank you for teaching. You're affecting the next generation. When I was a teacher, um, I taught eight years at a junior high. That that is a calling if you teach in middle school. And uh, in fact, a boy that was here this morning, he's like, "Uh, do you remember this this name? And I was like, yeah. He's like, that's my dad. I was like, oh, great. Thank you. He's like, he told me you would remember him. Yep, I do. Sometimes you can ask Stormy, we'll be walking along, maybe, you know, we're at Target, and so I'd be like, Miss Swan, Miss Swan. I always know I was their teacher. They look 30 years older, so it's hard for me to figure out is who that is. But whenever I was teaching, and then I taught three years at the high school in Clovis before we came and started the church here, God would always send ones that I needed to nurture. And you know what that's called is being a spiritual mama. Being a spiritual mom. You can be a spiritual father. There are people that are wounded, people that have not had good examples of a mother, of a father. My family knew at any given holiday to just expect there could be someone with us. There was one young girl that... um, Her mama actually tried to sell her and her sister. It's called human trafficking now. 
Way back in the 90s, they didn't have the term for that. But she was trying to sell her two daughters to get drugs for herself. And that, that girl was in my class. And so we brought her into our home. And I would go drive to the worst part of Clovis and pick her up from this awful trailer park every Wednesday night. And I would bring her and take her to youth group with me. And every holiday she would come. And Christmas came. And I remember we bought her this. She liked the Dallas Cowboys of all people. And she wanted it. That was back in the days when the big puffer coats were in, you know, those great big ones, the bigger the better. And, and uh, she opened that up. And her eyes just lit up. God wants to use us to speak life into people. Life. It doesn't matter your age. You may think, well, I'm too old. I'm too young. No, no, no. God doesn't look at age. He looks at your heart. He's given you the tools in the word of God. And we can speak truth and call out truth, call out destiny, call out greatness from the people around us. So we acknowledge the lie. We find the truth in the scriptures. And then we speak that truth out of our mouths. That's what will change us from feeling inadequate. We've got to build ourselves up in the word and know who he has created us to be. The last thing on your sheet before we end, to be victorious through the storms that come in our lives, we have to know who we are in Christ. In Christ. And I'll just tell you, storms are going to come. How many of y'all were in Lubbock last Tuesday when the storms started coming? I mean, they were shutting down school. We were getting messages, you know, that no afternoon activities. I went out about seven o'clock that night and it looked like an apocalypse had happened in Lubbock, really. I mean, when you drive down uh, West 82nd Street and there's nobody in the fast food lines, you know something is going on in Lubbock. The restaurants were empty. Storms are going to come into our lives. We have to know who we are in Christ and be prepared. Don't wait for the storm to come to set your compass. We set our compass way before the storm ever comes. We know the truth. So when the storm comes, we're ready. We're ready. It doesn't knock us off our feet. We're ready. I have some mamas that are going to come down and share some wisdom. Go ahead and come down, ladies. They're going to share some wisdom with us of how to be more than enough. They're just going to give us some words to encourage us. I love to use moms. When I speak on Mother's Day, I don't know it all. These ladies are wonderful. If you need some mentors, you've got some mamas here that are wonderful, that love their children. Awesome. All right. Here we go. Listen to these mamas. Today, I want you to think about all that you are in Christ instead of all that you are not by yourself. Today, I want you to think God is determined to make more of us than we ever thought we could be. Know who you are in Christ and then know it is enough. When you learn how much you are worth, you will stop, get, stop giving people discounts. God says you are worthy. On my darkest days, 
when I feel inadequate, unloved, and unworthy, I remember whose daughter I am. I straighten my crown. You are given this life because you are strong enough to live it with Christ. Through every high and every low, with Jesus, you are enough. My identity is not wrapped up in my successes or failures, but in Christ alone. God has given you everything you need in order to do what he has called you to do. You are enough. Life is tough, but so are you through Christ. Your value does not decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. You are not perfect, but you are enough. You are not where you want to be in life, but you are where you need to be. You are not doing it all, but you are doing something. And that is enough. You are enough. Didn't they do good? Good job, ladies. Love it. You are enough. So to end today, I want to tell you it doesn't matter who you used to be. What matters is who you decide to be today. You are not your mistakes. You are not your mishaps. You are not your past. You are not your wounds. You are offered a new opportunity with each breath to think and to choose and decide and act differently with Jesus by your side. You are not less than, but you are enough. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.